Welcome back to the Make Account Podcast. I'm Marcus Meir, founder of Meir Group CPAs and their total control accounting system. And I'm Tyler Warner, small business owner with a lot of accounting questions. And today's accounting questions are going to be all about accounting total control. Or can we say total control accounting? Well, yeah. Why didn't I say that? I mean, <laughs> <Right>. it's just <laughs> basically just the motto of... Uh, of everything we're doing here. Yeah, exactly. So total control accounting. What... A little bit of a define the term, right? So yeah. we talk a lot about it. Didn't one episode we go DTR, define the relationship? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? It's a yeah. little different. This is define the term. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, okay. So I feel like everybody could kind of imagine what control over their finances and business finances looks like for them, right? And I, I'll tee it up with like maybe kind of two pictures, Okay. There's like one that looks maybe more like financial freedom where you're just like, okay, my business is like a well-oiled machine. Everything that can be automated is automated, but you know, production happens without much management oversight. And like I get a report, you know. I used to have a client like that at the old firm I worked for. Yeah. And yeah, he so, didn't even live in the same town as where the business was. Yeah, every every day they would send him this, this kind of slew of reports that he would look over and ask yeah. questions. I'd want to meet somebody at a coffee shop, and there's like a briefcase that they slide, and then they open it up, and then the report is there. Yeah, you know, <laughs> right. forget email. I'm right. sure I could just email it to me, but yeah, I'd want a big show about it. Yeah, of course. Um, so there's that one side right where it feels like more financial freedom, and then there's like another picture that in my mind of like that feels more growth mode where. Where, you know, the business is like in early phases or you're in active growth and you just feel in control of your finances because you know what's going on. You have information at the ready mm-hmm. um, and those things make you feel, you know, confident in what you're in those, doing. In those two paths you're describing, both are in control just in different yeah, ways. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay. So I think those are the two, those are the two types of you know, yeah, one, one's, yeah, one's you've got your second and third homes, right? Yeah. The one you described, the, sure. the, the first. And the other one is we're doing well, we're making money, we're on a path for growth, we're on a path of sustained growth because yeah. we've, we've got the foundation set. Yeah. So those are the good. We're we talk about the. We're gonna talk about what it looks like, like to, to not be in, to be in chaos. chaos. Yeah. Um, I think people probably generally know. You know, you talk a lot about like. The, the classic shoebox, you know, the, yeah. the shoebox phase of things where, you know, that just sort of being a picture where your receipts are all over the place, maybe right. not accounted for. Are there are they being put off to be accounted for at another date? Right. Um, there's not real time accounting information. And I would add to that, you don't also make it easy. You don't you don't have a systematic way to get paid either. You don't yeah. have a great way of getting paid. Let's say it that way. Yeah. You know, that makes it easier on you to collect and reconcile and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. So accounts receivable are kind of out of control income. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So like, for instance, I mean, on, on that side, you know, so let's, you know, we're kind of taking a step back as to what we, we want to paint this picture of, hey, what does it look like to get your act together? And I will, I will caveat to get your act together with this statement. Most people that we are coming into contact with that are hiring us have a growth mindset. And what that looks like is they've, they've, they've come to the point of saying, okay, we know this is not great or it's okay. And we can do better either one. Mm-hmm. And we want to do better. 
Like we want to get this together because we know it's a foundation, foundational piece of growing our business and whatever growing their business looks like. I talk a lot about that and we talk a lot about that with our clients. Like, is that a revenue goal? Is that a profit goal? Is that a, hey, I love this business to get to autopilot where I can work 20 hours a week. Those are all things you have to decide. The one thing I would say that gets you down that path is financial stability Specific, you know, and knowing, you know, how you make your money and how it works yeah. and being able to account for it properly. So that's kind of what I see of the people hiring us. But it takes that first step of not being embarrassed, like going, okay, we have a problem here. The shoebox, or we invoice on PDS, but we have no clue mm-hmm. who owes us, or we never reconciled our bank account. We don't, yeah, like the first steps admitting you have a problem, exactly, <laughs> exactly, <laughs> isn't it always? Yeah, well, let's say the first step in recovery, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, but what are the components? What are the ingredients of like if you were to walk into, like, if you were to run a business, yep, as a CPA that's like you know, that you just feel like, man, this is, we're doing everything we can. What what are those ingredients? What does that look like? So ingredients would be uh, a culture of oversight. So a culture that people understand, not in a, not in a big brother kind of way, but in a way that they know that the business owner and or the people responsible for spending and collecting the money are watching. And that can be done through, we've talked about technology where you only use a certain bill pay software, you don't write checks or, like what we do is we attach a trans a, a PDF or a document to every transaction in zero. So that's that's a yeah. one way. Second way would be is you you have a very clear path to to revenue and a frictionless payment system. So you make it such that your clients can engage you easily um, through technology and can pay you easily without friction. And so those would be two kind of high-level things, right? Protecting your you know, custody, protecting what you have, um, making it easy to get paid. And I guess the third one would be is also watch the creeping and or um, ongoing subscriptions that you may not need. You know, yeah. like kind of – and subscriptions is defined kind of loosely, right? There's, we all have lots of services, whether they're under a subscription or not. Like mm-hmm. ongoing things you pay for, just watching those that they don't creep, um, that you don't have unnecessary services. I think that's a really good mix of, yeah. of a solid kind of footing. Yeah, the first one, that's great. The first one sounds like not a set it and forget it, but a set it, maybe come back to it as your business grows, kind of create policies, but right. it's more policy yeah. driven. The other two seem like those are routine. Mm-hmm. What would you like, what's a good guideline for like, again, I go to that picture of just like the the stock photo of like the business owner just looking at a sheet of reports, yeah. you know, like, right. is it eight o'clock every morning? I like to have a uh, an expense and profit rep- a PL, yeah. you know, emailed to me and I <laughs> drink my coffee and look at it. Or yeah. is this something weekly, monthly? Man, I would say that gets back to more personality types. Cause even as a CPA, like me being organized is more of a learned trait than something that was innate for me. Um, and saying that I'm saying, I also, I don't have a defined like, Hey, on the 15th of the month, I pulled these three reports. Now I know people that can do that and are really systematic and how they operate personally in their workload. I just think it's ongoing. Mm-hmm. Figure out what works for you, but it has to be ongoing, periodic, yeah. and intentional. Well, it's an, uh, I think we described, I mean, chaos and control, those two things, they're, I mean, they, they trigger emotional responses, right. right? So I guess the better answer or would be, 
when you feel out of control, Correct. you know, or Correct. when do you feel in control of, yeah. you know, do you need to see it every day Yeah. or do you, you know, every couple of weeks, whatever. Right. You know? Yeah. Okay. Um, so those are pretty, those are pretty good. I mean, those are, we also, I'm kind of going back through each one of them. Right. The first one was like, poly, what was it? It was, uh, well, protecting assets. So yeah. making, making a culture. I think the first one they, they specifically was a culture of accountability from a financial perspective. People on the team understand that the money being spent is at least watched. Yeah. Right. And we've talked a little bit about that. We actually are at, at lunch. We're talking about just even creating those, uh, like with relay, you can mm-hmm. create the spending limits on each Absolutely. account. So no, and there's, there's a slew of tools that can make everything we're saying generally has a tool that can be done, used to kind of, um, tackle that task. Like for instance, like you said, relay perfect example here, I give, uh, the staff a continuing education budget. And so, you know, I could track that in a zero, like in a, a category, uh, uh, one of the accounts on the chart of accounts or with a tracking category. But the way we did it was I simply said, okay, we have a Relay Bank account. Why don't we just create a new Relay Bank account, which is really easy, like we talked about, you probably do it in 20 seconds. Mm-hmm. And on that bank account, create a virtual credit card. All a virtual credit card means is that you have a credit card number, you don't have a physical card. So you can use it online. But what I did was I funded that bank account with only the budget for the year for continuing education. And then I gave the virtual card number to the staff. And then on top of that, so that's already a control of they couldn't spend more than what's in the account. Control number one. Control number two is they know that every transaction, at least on the spend money side, money going out of our zero file, we want a receipt attached. So when they pay for continuing education, everybody gives you a receipt. They send you a PDF. They know. Very simply, go in zero, record the transaction, or Stephanie on my team who's got access to that, she'll record it with the PDF attached. So that kind of culture, we, we're giving a very real-world example of yeah. a culture of accountability and oversight. A right. bank account with only the amount of money that can be spent. Yeah. A virtual card and spending that has a receipt has to be attached. I mean, yeah. very simple. Right, but those assurances have a, like an actual... I mean, I'm just thinking if you don't have those assurances, Correct. you can feel like, man, I'm vulnerable. Like, what if something happens? Absolutely. You know, like, so that's a very specific example mm-hmm. of just how that area you can feel like, all right, I've got things under control here. Yeah. Not, and I you think, know, yeah, I'm things were what protected. Right. Things work together, too. I mean, there are no foolproof systems. Yeah. You know, people could create dummy transactions and attach the receipts to them and be spending paying their brother-in-law. Or I mean, there's all sorts of things that could happen. Right. But I think. I think you brought up the point when we talked in the, I forget what episode it was. We talked about kind of fraudulent and how yeah. to protect. And you said the, the mirrors in Walgreens that yeah. point down. I think that you get the point, right? You could still put a pack of gummy bears in your pocket and roll out there, right? Yeah. But you kind of know people are watching. And if yeah. nothing else, it diverts or minimizes the amount of theft. Yeah. And really, there's no foolproof system, but you're, you're putting things in place to make it harder for people to do it, even people you trust, right? I think everybody now has heard of these stories on, like, American Greed. <laughs> it's, the best yeah. it's always the bookkeeper. <laughs> it is always the office manager slash bookkeeper because yeah. they have too much control and no oversight. Yeah. So I don't think we set out to talk like a fraud right. episode, but but, but if we're yeah. talking chaos to control, yeah. that's a very clear picture of chaos to control. Yeah, and certainly anybody, I mean, I've uh, we've... I've met business owners who've had that happen to them, and it it does 
I don't want to say stain them, but it does give them a unique perspective of like they won't feel like they're in control unless they have those those right. things unless they're protected from those things, right. you know, moving forward. Yep. So I do think it's it's relevant to this idea of like how do you feel like you're in control of your finances? Right. I mean, protecting them is a really good place to start. Yeah, yeah, no doubt. Um, yeah, payment also feels like a huge one. That was a real I think that's a good point cuz I know when you're, especially if you're in a growing business and you're looking at cash flow and you see your account, there's nothing more frustrating than seeing like a dwindling cash flow and a high accounts receivable and Absolutely. being like, oh my gosh, like. I'm making money, I'm, air quotes. Yeah, air quotes, making money. I should have more than enough to like run this business and should be thriving, but we're not collecting. Yeah, I shouldn't have to borrow on the line of credit this month. <laughs> yeah, we're not making what. Yeah, I man, I really think this. I think with the proliferation of technology and apps, if you run your business properly, if you set clear client expectations, right on the front end of how you do work and how you get paid, I think we're moving toward a day where there's no AR. I know in my firm we have it, but it's, I mean, the days it takes for us to get paid on average, I think, is ten days, and yeah. that's because we have so many people on ACH draft. Why is that? We've clearly communicated that this is how we work. We will get paid up front either half or in full. Depends on the client. Yeah. Um, but that that's just the expectation. So many people are afraid of that conversation or that process with their clients that they're willing to do what you just said. They're willing to go on with accounts receivable um, that really should be money in their bank account. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely think – and we've talked a lot about... Well, let's talk, I mean, just real quick, some tools. Like, just that we, I think we're kind of, this episode is kind of growing into, hey, here's chaos to control, but here are the steps you can take or actionable items. Perfect example. If you bill people on ongoing, which a lot of people do with subscriptions, retainers, you name it. How about Stripe or Go Cardless? Both of them offer, I think, I think they call them payment plan. I forget the, the terminology. Each uses it a little different. But suffice to say, it's like you go in Stripe and you say, hey, I want to bill Tyler Warner $200 a month and set it up. And then you get an email to Tyler and say, hey, you know, Mirror Group wants to bill you $200 a month and draft the money from you. Do you accept? Mm -hmm. Done. Like, that's yeah. a very, I mean, when I say it's that easy, it's that easy. Right. Go cardless is the same way. Now, Stripe might do it through credit card. So if you didn't want to pay the credit card fee, you might go to something like Go Cardless, which is ACH. Right. Um, but two very easy ways to just get your invoicing under control from a perspective of collecting. Yeah. Well, even just out of the, just the out of the box zero with connected to Stripe or Go Cardless. Easy. You've given vendors. I know when I email them an invoice, it's got the link to pay online right there. So no matter what they do, like they've got three options: either yeah. go old school, like if they're still a business that has a you know yeah. the, the classic we'll write you a check department. Who was the person you said? Who who's the AP clerk that you got to go see? I think you probably was the Barbara. Sounds right. <laughs> I think it was. Yeah. 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 Susan will have your check, Mr. Warner. I knew a Barbara growing up. Wow. Yeah. I feel like she probably cut checks for an oil field company or something. You're, you're I, serious. I'm serious. Her, her name was, because everybody -B -B would be like, oh, Barbara. A -R -A? Yeah, she was named after her father. Wow. Yep. Lucky her. <laughs> Barbara. I mean, like. It sounds little, like Barbara uh, with a Brooklyn accent. <laughs> Barbara. Barbara. Yeah, you're right. But total side note there. Just, yeah. some, just you know, 
come on. I mean, they had to know, like, everybody, everybody would be like, oh, Barbara, nice to meet you, know. Yeah. And they're like, no, well. <laughs> Actually, yeah. the OB. I would have just abandoned that as an adult. <laughs> right. I'd have been like, no, all right, I'm Barbara now. <laughs> right, right. But anyway. Yeah. All right. <laughs> enough of that. Enough of that. Um, I forget where we're going. That yeah, was, so let's, let's continue on the payment stuff. So we were talking, we, we were giving actionable steps about, hey, here's the ways to reduce your AR. Or bigger picture was, one of the signs of a well-run organization is, getting paid cash yeah. flow. And so we gave some examples of retainer, but you even gave an example of one, the one-off services. I mean, look, not every business is a subscription business. Yeah. We have one-offs. I would encourage you if you do have one-offs to get to the situation where you're working with your client to get half up front, maybe right. use a payment. You know, I think that's very fair to do. I mean, go in construction, yeah. construction, people take draws, right? Yeah. Why do they do that? It's because they're incurring time and materials along. You're doing the same thing. Yeah. If you're in a service-based business. Yeah. But, uh, and zero, am I getting this right? Zero even has a place where you can accept partial payment. Or is that not only, not no you cannot no then that's actually one thing that's interesting is that if you sent me your invoice I cannot partially pay it in zero. Where am I getting? We that use from? it. We use it through practice ignition. Like okay. if we if we we do it a lot of times on our cleanup or, or what we call conversion work. Maybe that was PayPal. Maybe. I feel like I've seen a box where it's like either turn it on or turn it off where you okay. can allow partial payment. Yeah, I'm not but, sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and I think also one of the things is, you know, just like kind of finishing the thought about one-offs, a lot of people to pay with credit cards, right? Make it easy for them to pay you. And if you want to go down this path of we charge a credit card fee, which is becoming like kind of in vogue right now, like people don't want to, people meaning the businesses don't want to incur that 3% fee roughly, they charge it back to the client. Uh, there's a way to automate that with payment services in zero. I mean, literally when you connect Stripe, one of the options is credit card fee, how to account for it, do you want to charge it? So bottom line is, well-run businesses make it easy for their clients to pay. They clearly communicate payment terms, and it speeds up cash flow. Yeah. All right. Third one. What was our third one? I think it was more about reporting, <laughs> uh, just more about the transactions and the data. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, that kind of goes without saying, but um, have somebody in-house or outsourced or kind of option number three, which is what a lot of our clients do is what we call DIY assisted, where they've got somebody doing their books in house, but we are coming behind them and checking. Mm. Just build a system of, of ongoing accounting. Yeah. Not sexy, but got to be done. Yeah. And uh, I would, I, we're, this is a big, broad brush, mm-hmm. but like to me, the bookkeeping side of that is like the small piece. Mm-hmm. Really when I feel like, okay, I'm in control is when I can, Look at KPIs. Yeah. I can look yeah. at. Well, I was going to get that. You, okay. Yeah, yeah. Well, sorry to cut you yeah, off. Yeah, the you're... boring. Just, I mean, P and L is like basic. Yeah, yeah, Come yeah, on. yeah. If you listen to this podcast long enough, you're. Yeah, exactly. Those are the training wheels. <laughs> right. right. No, but I guess my point is, the data is organized. If somebody's systematically looking at it, you've got an advisor looking over your shoulder, coaching you. Right. That's another thing. Telling mm-hmm. you, like, for our clients who are on DIY assisted, we're starting to build accounting manuals for them, mm-hmm. and it's as sexy as it sounds. Which is basically, hey, you normally have these types of transactions. When you do, put it to this account. That yeah. how you. That's very helpful, right? Yeah. It helps you as the business owner do it a little better. Yeah. Do it a little better, and you incrementally get better and better. Your advisor spends less time correcting your mistakes and more time planning with you, and so you start moving down this path of repeatable financials that you can trust. Yeah. And and you know you have the backing of somebody that's looked at them that's a professional in this area and said, hey, this is good. This is materially correct. Right. Um, and then, to your point, 
now you go start the really good stuff, which is, okay, last quarter we did, our gross margin was 40%. Why is it now 34? Why is, you know, advertising 8% of sales when it's normally seven? Yeah. Like you start to get the nuances. What are our new, like, you know, if you're a medical practice, we had, you know, our new patient count went up relative to the last month. Why isn't revenue up? Like you start to dig in, Mm -hmm. but that can only be if you trust the underlying financial data that's ongoing and repeatable and correct. Yeah. It's like if you were like, if you were about to go on Shark Tank, Okay. you know, would you be ready? Right. It's for like the barrage of questions about your business. That's a great question because, or a great statement because think about when when they go on Shark Tank. I mean, inevitably after the stupid pitch at the beginning and the guy goes, Come on, sharks! You want to join us or whatever yeah, pithy yeah, statement yeah. they make? They inevitably go. What's it cost for you to make it? What does it cost for you to sell it? Yeah. In whatever How make it, sold? whatever make it means. Yeah. Does that mean the service or a product or right. whatever it is? Like real quick. Yeah. And these are the most savvy investors in the world. What are they saying? Know your freaking numbers. Right. Like, but again, if you don't, if you want to be in that world of I just kind of figure out at the end what I made and I kind of play business is what I call it. Mm-hmm. Like, that's fine. Just know you're never going to be that. But if you got that growth mindset, you want more, you start to understand that, man, I got to have this foundation. Yeah. All right. I think we've covered it, man. That sounds like a lot of control. Feel Absolutely. like, you know, if you had a business that's like, all right, I've, I've done what I can to protect myself from, yeah. you know, I've got good culture of oversight. Um, you know, the Make it easy thing, to get yeah, paid. Yeah. I'm not worried about my accounts. People, my clients... Pay me on time because they know what to expect. Right. It's easy for them to do that. And then it's all accounted for. And then the third thing, yeah. Just and I'm watching it. and we look over it and we make decisions and we rinse and repeat and yeah. get better. You know, it's not, and also I would say this. You've never arrived. Right? It's like I was reading uh, Simon Sinek's um, – what was the name of the um, – the, the Endless Game I think is what it's called. Okay. Um, I think that's the term. But the, the point was you never win business. You never walk in one day and go, damn it, guys, we won. Yeah. Like, you don't win. It's yeah. just are you ahead or behind? And the point is it's continual improvement. It's long game. It's vision, leadership, and you're always just striving to get a little bit better than you were yesterday. Right. So these are things that will make you feel good, that you're on the right track, but you still have to work at them. Yeah. Well, they're just – they're uh, it, they're catalysts for you to make decisions to grow and move forward, you know? Yeah. And then, you know, grow and figure that out and do better. Yeah. Yeah. Good deal. Well, look, it's been a great episode. If you want more uh, podcast content, all of it is at mirror.group. And you can reach out to Marcus and his firm there as well. Um, Until next time. Yeah. See you guys.